Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the microphone with thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Hi, this is Tim Venable of Cornet Global. I'm here at our summit in Chicago, and I had the pleasure of talking with Rakesh Kishan, Managing Principal of Trescent. Rakesh, thank you for speaking with us for this podcast. Thank you, Tim. Uh, delighted to be here. I know you advise big companies on their corporate real estate strategies, and so I wanted to ask you about one of the pressing topics facing CRE today, and one that's been discussed a lot here at the summit this week, and that's hybrid work. What's your take on hybrid work? Is it just a passing fad, a blip on the screen, or or does it mark a permanent change somehow in corporations' workplace strategies? Yeah. I think, uh, Tim, as far as, as I can see, and I think especially for the next five years, hybrid work is here to stay, okay? Um, but the world is rapidly moving. What's going to happen after that? It, it's difficult to predict with certainty. Mm-hmm. But for the midterm, absolutely, it's here to stay. And But I think it's important to understand that hybrid work is also creating tension within organizations. So recently, if you look at what the CEO of Microsoft, Satya Nadella, said, he said 80% of the employees we survey, are they are saying they're as productive, if not more productive, working from home. But he also said the problem is that when we survey their managers, 80, more than 80% say they're less productive. Um, so there is a dynamic within corporations where leaders and managers are pushing employees to come back to work. And many of the employees feel it's at their discretion if they elect to do so. And this is causing a bit of tension because I think some companies are pushing full-time, come back to work. Apple did that in the beginning. Then it backed off. Um, So that is a dynamic that's going on. The other sort of contributor to that dynamic, Tim, is that it is an employee's market today. Not enough talent, tightness in the labor market. People can kind of pick and choose where they want to work, how they want to work, right? Um, So the balance of power has really shifted to the employees, and companies are redesigning the workplace to make it more inviting, much more, I would say, collaborative to to entice them to come back. All right, so there's definitely uh, a dynamic there. And the third one, it is a financial issue for many companies. For those corporations who had built billion-dollar campuses, and these campuses are only a third occupied, it's a financial implication for them. So they are going to be pushing their employees to utilize that empty space, very costly empty space in tier one markets. Um, so, But given all of that, I think employees have had three years to structure their lives around working from home. Three years. All right. Now, it only takes a month to build a new habit. They've mm-hmm. built this habit over a period of three years. It's going to be very difficult for them to give that up and come back and you know, face the commuting challenge and everything else and come back to the office. So in the, in the next five years, it's here to stay unless those habits are rechanged and restructured to what they were prior to COVID. So it'll be interesting to see. There's a talk of recession on the horizon, how that shifts the balance of power between, between employee and employer. Um, that that's, could also affect the outcome. Okay. We'll keep an eye on that for sure. Mm-hmm. So you've addressed this already to some degree, but, you know, how to get employees back into the office has been an aim of most corporate real estate organizations over the last year. 
do you have any success stories to share? Examples of companies that have been able to get office occupancy up closer to pre-pandemic levels and get more employees back into the office? And yeah. if so, how do they do it? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's a combination of factors, Tim. There's no silver bullet here. Like if you fire a silver bullet, somehow they materialize in the office the next day. Uh, there's a, a multiple number of uh, steps companies are taking to, I would say, coax the employees back into the office. It's really a question of coaxing. Um, and, and that's why we're seeing workplace being redefined. Uh, they don't want to come back to the cubicle farms of you know yesterday. They want to come back mm -hmm. to a new, more exciting, high energy collaborative workplace of tomorrow, the future workplace, okay? So they, they are not interested in coming back to what they left. They're interested in coming back to something that'll actually add value. Now, I think the companies who are doing this effectively, A, they have redesigned the workplace. They have the technology in place. They're increasing the experience they have in the workplace. But employees, I think, also have to, those employees who are recognizing that a workplace is not just a place to sit down and do work. It's an important place in the sense that relationships are built there. And in large matrix organizations, these organizations we are very familiar with, you need relationships to get work done. Um, you, skills and knowledge is transferred not on Zoom calls, by working side by side, whether you're a bench chemist, whether you are a junior engineer working with a senior engineer who can transmit knowledge to you about operating experience with a piece, piece of equipment. So I think those factors employees will recognize will be very important and how companies communicate the benefits coming back to work beyond just a place to work. Um, will, is enticing those employees to come back sooner rather than later. Um, but I would, argue, I would say that our observation is most of our clients are pushing for partial return to the office. They're not really you know, pushing for five days a week in the office. And whether it's three days or four days, the actual attendance is a day less. Okay, so it's two days when it's supposed to be three days. In practice, yes. Yeah, in practice, it's two days when it's meant to be four days, right? But employers don't have a way to assess that. They also don't have a way to enforce that policy. They don't. Um, they're kind of grappling with what to do. And until they answer those questions, I think attendance will be sparse, no matter what policy you have in place. But the more inviting, the more engaging you can be with the employees, the high likelihood they'll come back to work. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Okay. One of the outcomes, uh, Rakesh, of, of so many people working remotely is that there's a lot of underutilized office space out there. So how are companies reacting to this? Are they hanging on to that space for the most part? Are most of them downsizing? What are some of the trends you're seeing as you work with your clients, and uh, what are you advising they do? Yeah. So I think, uh, Tim, this is an opportunity, clearly. Real estate is the largest asset class in the world, right? It is a very costly asset to hold on the balance sheet and, your, and on your P&L in terms of expenses. So companies have a great opportunity. And I think COVID has helped corporations in that regard, the tough decision they were unable to make prior to COVID. Under the current environment, the ability of real estate to drive those decisions is greatly strengthened. So I think companies are eagerly optimizing their portfolios. 
Um, they are shutting down locations where that are not needed anymore because of uh, low occupancy. Um, at the same time, during COVID, employees and I think the consumer population at large resorted to digital means of doing business. So business became increasing, the adoption of digital business became increasingly adopted. Whether it's digital banking because the retail branches were closed, you know, or whether it's digital shopping because the retail stores were closed. People are doing everything online. Uh, that is also reducing the needs to have retail branches, retail locations, um, as well as offices, uh, because a lot of the work is conducted digitally. So I think companies are absolutely interested in divesting and right-sizing their portfolios. Um, where they're facing challenges is where they have these large owned footprints in you know, key locations, like new headquarters they've built recently, where they really need the people to occupy them. I think that's where they'll push more strongly, but it's clearly a financial opportunity for companies as well. Sure, okay. Mm -hmm. And now for my last question, uh, what are the things we should be watching uh, in terms of hybrid work and corporate real estate strategy in the months ahead? Just your thoughts generally. Well, I think the key word there is flexibility. And I think flexibility in terms of your portfolio. So we, I expect to see much more hybrid or flex space being used by companies who are going to be risk averse in an envi economic environment that's unpredictable. Interest rates are going high, inflation is high, um, volatility in the marketplace. This is uh, not a good time to be locked into a long-term lease, right? Or to own something that you're locked into. So I believe, you know, companies will continue to emphasize more scalable, flexible portfolios. And they will want service contracts and partners as well that gives them more uh, flexibility in their cost structure. So I think that's going to be the environment ahead. As one of the CEOs of one of our client companies, a Fortune 500 company said, the only thing we can count on in the future is uncertainty and unpredictability. So real estate leaders have to operate with that assumption. Mm -hmm. Great advice as we close. So thank you again, uh, Rakesh, for sharing these very helpful insights with Cornet Global. Thank you, Tim. Always a pleasure. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.